<laughs> Boker Tov, and welcome back to our continuing uh, series on Daf Yomi, or on, da, on uh, Moed Katan, at the beginning of Daf Tedvav Tadzayin Amud Aleph. Um, and uh, today we're going to deal in detail with the uh, with the laws of um, of Nidui, uh, and it's somewhat of a long piece, as you can see from the page. Amar Rava, Menalin Meshadrin Shlicha Devedina. So let's go through the process. How do we know that the Beitin sends an agent out to summons people? And then he summons. This is from the story of the rebellion of Korach, that Moshe sent an agent to summons Datan, summon Datan and Aviram. And how do we know that we it, we, that we summons them to come to court? You and your entire group come. And how do we know that we summons them to come before a great man? They're supposed to come before God. How do we know that we tell the person who the co-litigants are? In that same pasuk it says, you and them and Aharon, which are the co-litigants. How do we know that we set a time? We tell them the deen is tomorrow or on Tuesday, whatever time. It says tomorrow. Zimna batar zimna. How do we know that if they don't come the first time, we let that we give them a second chance? Dichtiv karushan paro melech mitzrayim shaon. There was a God who was going to uh, to bring a conflagration against Paro hevir hamoed, and he can't. He postponed it for another time. Umanalad dini paker b'shlicha devedina va'ati v'amar lo mitchaze lo mitchaze so how do we know that if the fellow abuses the shliach beitin, the shliach beitin comes back and reports to the beitin, what happens that that's not lashon hara? That datan aviram sent back a message to Moshe, and the Torah reports it, and it was a dis- dis- abusing, abusive message to the shaliach. So now how do we know after all that process is done that we actually put them in cherem? Or that we put them in nidui? This is when Dvora in her song says we should castigate the, mem- the people of Meroz or the person Meroz uh, who did not help in the war. Don't we think that that's a person, particular person? And we say, who says that we should throw him Amar Malach Hashem. So in other words, it has to be in the name of some great person. We're not just throwing him in because we're not happy. We have to put it, identify the source of the of the Shamta as a great person, a member of the Beit Din. How do we know that we take it further and go to Cherem? Indeed, curse those who live there. What does that mean? Meaning any of the people who stay around Meroz, Yoshveha, here, you know, the Pshat is Meroz is a town, where the reading is Meroz a person, anybody who lives near him and eats with him, does business with him, etc., is Becherem. How do we know that we identify the specific things that he did wrong? In that pasuk in Shirat they did not come to help God to help God against uh, along with the uh, the mighty soldiers. And we have a tradition that four hundred shofarot that Barak had sounded to put Meroz into Cherem. So there's some who argue that it was really the name of a star, Meroz. 
because this in the Shirat Tavara it says that the stars came to help, uh, and that's by confusing the weather and creating a storm, a flash flood, etc. They rose, didn't help. How do we know that if somebody does not ex- uh, abide by the summons that we confiscate his property? This is an Ezra, where they call everyone to come together for the big meeting about the foreign wives. It says, and anybody who does not come, and this is where the principle of Hefker, Beitin Hefker comes from, anybody who does not come uh, after three days to that meeting, all of his property is then confiscated. How do we know that we abuse this person, we curse this person, and we we tear out his hair? And we make oaths about him. This is the Chemiah. How do we know that we chase him down? There's another pasuk in the Aramaic section of, of Ezra, which means that some people will be punished. My What is lishroshe? Which some people will get. What's Hardafa chasing? So let's see what it means. My Hardafa. It means they put him into Nidu immediately. And then after 30 days, they put him in Nidu a second time if he doesn't come. And after 60 days, he's now in a more severe state called Cherem. We have another tradition that to put someone in Nidu, you can't do it right away. You have to warn him three times. Monday, and a Thursday, and a Monday, and then throw him in Cherem. The answer is that's only if he is not complying with a court order to pay something. But but if it's because he's showing disdain for the court, then La'altar. Then we throw him in Nidu immediately. Now we're going to hear a story about a certain butcher who was mistreated Rav Tuvi Barmatna. Evidently, he was being summoned to court, and he was the Shaliyah Beitin. So, Abai Varava sat down and threw him into Nidui. So, then, this Tabach, who was summoned to court, uh, made up with his uh, opposite number. So, Abai said, now, what are we going to do? How are we supposed to to uh, release the Nidui? He hasn't been in Nidui for 30 days. And the notion is the Nidui has to be in effect for 30 days. Lowly Shrilei, but to not release him? After all, everybody wants to go into his butcher shop and buy stuff, and they can't do business with him because he's in Nidui. So they asked him what he knows. He was prohibited with a toot, with a sound. So he's, prohibited, he's permitted with the sound. In other words, you can permit him right away. So the answer, that's only if it's an issue of mamon. Meaning, again, like on the front side, we don't throw him into Nidui right away if it's just a refusal to pay. We give him a three-time warning over Monday, Thursday, Monday. Similarly, on the back side, if he pays, then right away, and if he makes up with his baldin, then right away we allow him. But if it's because of disdain, for the Shleich of the Beitin, he really does need 30 days. Right? So, so what does Abayi believe here? Abayi clearly believes that if a Beitin puts somebody in Nidui, another Beitin cannot release him. It has to be the same Beitin. 
Dibayalu, how do we know that was a question? Hani beitlata de shamitu. If you have a beitin that puts somebody in need, ma'ul meite tlata chun of sharulay. Can three others be matter him? And essentially, the question here is the nidu, a reflection of the Beitin's integrity, which has been violated by this fellow, or is it is it that this fellow has just uh, violated the integrity of the institution of a Beitin, in which case another Beitin could could uh, permit it? Um. So Toshma, Menudah L'Rav, Menudah L'Tam, Menudah L'Tam, and Menudah L'Rav. Let's say that a a master. Throw somebody in Nidui because he has uh, offended him in some terrible way, then all of the Talmidim are included and have to stay away from that guy. If, on the other hand, somebody is Menuda to a Talmid, then the Rav is not affected. Menuda Liro, Menuda Lirachert, Menuda Lirachert, and Menuda Liro. Similarly, if he's Menuda to anybody in his city, that includes other cities. But if it's some other city, that does not include the members of his own city. If you if your menuda if the nasi put you in nidu then your everybody has to stay away from you but that doesn't go in the opposite direction. Let's say a talmid threw somebody in nidu and he died. Uh, then his own chelak in the in the nidu cannot be released because he died and he's not around to release it. Now, Shmami Nathlat, we infer from that three things. Shmami Nathamid, Shinidal, Lichvodo, Nidunio, Nidui. That a Talmid, meaning not a Chacham, but a Talmid, who puts somebody in Nidui because he's violated his honor, that's, that's meaningful. Shmami Nathlat, Vacham, Efer, Chalko. And the second thing is that every individual Talmid has to release his own Chalik and that Nidui. So let's say that a guy came and violated a whole group, uh, and, and abused a whole school. Every Talmid there has a Chalik in that. And the third piece is If three people put somebody in the harem, somebody else can't come and release them because after all, we said this guy's part is not Mufar and there's no way to solve it. He's dead. Amir says that's not the case. The halacha is that if a beitin puts somebody into Nidui, another beitin can come and release him. I would just learn Shem Gamliel's ruling. So my love in a mufar klal, lo ad atubeit la tachrin of sharule. In a mufar doesn't mean it can never be released. It just means it can't be released until another beitin comes and releases him. So we seem to come to the conclusion that if somebody is thrown into into nidui by beitin, another beitin can release him. Of course, the upshot of that is if he he was thrown into nidui because he refused to comply with the ruling of the beitin, another beitin can release him. If, on the other hand, he refused to comply because he was showing disdain for that particular beitin, only that beitin can release him. And, of course, if it's for one individual and that individual dies, there's no way for him to be released. Tanar Ein nidui pachot mishloshim yom. Nidui, as we just saw, has to be 30 days. Ve'in nizifa pachot mishiva yom. nizifa, which is sort of a more immediate shock form of nidui, where, you know, somebody is very upset and they, and they say, basically, you're, you've been abusive, get away from me. Uh, and you're in Nazifa, is a, is a, again, a form of Nidui, is seven days. How can we prove that Nazifa is seven days? We can't, but we have an associative text. When Miriam has Tzarat, so Hashem says, listen, if her father had spit at her because she had done something terrible and she had violated his honor, she would be shamed for seven days. So therefore, Miriam has to stay out of the camp for seven days because she violated uh, Moshe's honor. 
Alright, good. So we see Nazifa seven days. In Bavel, our Nidu is like their Nazifa. Meaning their Nazifa seven days. That's what our Nidu is. Right? When Nazifa did who Shiva. And their Nazifa seven. The Tulo, that's all. Rabbi Shimon Barab, Rabbi, that's Rabbi's son. Pay attention to that. Of our Kapara, Havuyatri Vakari Larsu. They were learning together. Kashalushmata. They were, had difficulty in what they were learning. So Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi's son, said to Barkapara, "This for this we need my father." And what's he going to tell us that we can't figure out? Essentially, so Rabbi Shimon told his father this. Is what Barkapara said, Ikpat, Rabbi was upset. Ata Barkapara, this is what Nizifa. Nizifa is a non-formal kind of distancing. So Barkapara came to see Rabbi about something else. He said, Barkapara, I'm never, I don't know who you are. And as he was saying, basically, you've insulted me. He understood that Rebbe was upset. He practiced Nazifa for himself for 30 days. For 30 days, he sat alone and he avoided people. So in other words, you see, Nazifa is 30 days in Eretz Yisrael. And one time, Rebbe made a decree that you're not allowed to teach the Talmudim outside in the marketplace in the Greek style of the Agora. My Darsh, what was his drasha that supported that? The Pasuk in, uh, in uh, Shirashirim, which describes the, be- the beautiful girl's thighs, right? Says that's a mashal for Divrei Torah, and just like thighs are something that are Covered and are private, so the Torah should be private. Shouldn't teach it publicly. What happened? Rabbi Chia went out and taught his two nephews, one of who was Rav and Rav Marbachana, and he taught them out in the Shuk. Shama Rabbi Ikpat. We'll talk about the relationship between Rav and Rav Marbachana a little later on in the parak. Shama Rabbi Ikpat. Rabbi heard about this. He was very upset. My own Talmud Rabbi Chia is teaching publicly when I just made a decree not to. Rabbi came to see Rabbi about something. He called him by not Chia, but Iya. Who's calling you outside? He was making a point that you violated my ruling. So Rabbi understood Rabbi was upset and he practiced his own Nidui, his own Nazifa for 30 days. Again, Nazifa is a non-formal thing. Just when you can see somebody's upset at you, as opposed to a Nidui, which is a formal process. On the 30th day, he sent a message. He said, come. Right? And then he sent back a message to Rabbi Chia. No, don't come yet. So What happened? Why did Rabbi, at the beginning of the 30th day, send a message to Rabbi Chia, come, and then later on say, no, no, don't come. Originally, he believed, and there's something we'll get to a little later on in our discussion of Avelut, not today, but later on, that uh, when it comes to a period of time, the last day of that period, uh, all you need is a part of the day. And he figured, as long as the 30th day, like Shloshim for Avelut, part of the day, as long as part of the day has happened, we're done. And then he changed his mind and said, that's not the case. So at the end of the day, Rabbi Chia came. So, he, I'm sorry, he came before the end of the day. Rabbi said, why did you come? You sent me a message to come. I sent you a message afterwards not to come. 
I only saw one of the messages. I didn't get the second message. Rebbe said about himself, the Pasuk, that says that when God wants to, he'll even make enemies make up together. In other words, I really, I didn't want you to come yet, but Hashem re-engineered it that you wouldn't get the second message, so that must have been the right thing. Now, parenthetically, he asked him, Rebbe Chia, why did you teach publicly? When I said not to. Chochmot sing outside. Right? That's a Pasuk in Mishle. Common phrase used by the Tanaim to say, you don't really understand what the Pasuk means. Literally, it means if you've read it, you haven't read it twice. If you read it twice, you haven't read it three times. If you read it three times, you, then nobody explained properly to you what it means. It's like the Drasha that later will be explicated by Rava. What does it mean that wisdom sings outside? It doesn't mean you stand outside and teach. It means if you teach inside and you study inside and become excellent outside, the word will get out. We have this pasuk, um, which is pasuk uh, number 12 on the page in Shayahu. I did not speak in silent, in 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 uh, discretion. So Ahubi Yomedechala, that's talking about the public gathering for Torah. That, of course, should be public. Rabbi Chia, so what is now? Rabbi Chia explained why he said you should teach outside. But what does he do with the pasuk of Rabbi Chamukei What does he do with that? He said, yeah, acts of kindness and charity that should be done quietly. Matan but the whole point of that story was to show you that Nazif in Eretz Yisrael is not seven days, it's 30 days. The answer is Nazifat Nasi Shani. In both those stories, they were about Rebbe being upset with somebody and that person figuring it out and, and practicing Nazifa for 30 days. Rebbe was the head of the Sanhedrin. That's a different story. But regular Nazifa, when a Chacham is upset at you, etc., so like the Torah says with Miriam, you stay away seven days. In Babel, it's one day. Now, when Azifa didan kamehave, in Babel, how much is it? Chadyoma, we said it's one day. Marukva. We have a story with Shmuel and Marukva. They were sitting and studying. Marukva was sitting four amot away from Shmuel. When they would sit down, however, to be to judge, Shmuel would sit four amot in front of Marukva. In other words, Marukva saw that Shmuel was greater in learning. And Shmuel realized Marukva was a greater judge. So in, in each of those cases, the lesser sat in front of the greater for Amot away. However, when, uh, when they were Bedin, so, uh, they made a special place for Marukva that he could sit on so that when he would speak, his words would be heard. Something like a pedestal. So every day Marukva would escort Shmuel back to his house. One day they were in the Beit. In other words, Marukva recognized that Shmuel was greater in learning. One day they were involved, very engaged in Din. So Marukva went and he wasn't paying attention and Shmuel walked in back of him. So when they got to the house, uh, Shmuel said to Marukva, "Isn't it, uh, isn't it particularly late for you, right?" Um, 
sorry, Shmuel followed Marukva to his to his house. When he got there, and he said, uh, "Is it enough that I uh, escort you to here?" Right. So I, I, after all, I need to go back home. In other words, uh, Marukva understood that Shmuel was upset that Marukva didn't do the normal thing of accompanying him to his house. So, uh, and so what did Marukva do? He practiced Nazifa one, for one day. That's how we see that in Bavel, Nazifa is one day. Now, it's another story. There's a woman sitting on the road. She was sitting on the road, and she stuck her leg out, um, and she was, uh, she was, while she was doing this, she was, um, she was, uh, sifting through barley. Uh, and a Tamil Chacham walked past. She didn't, uh, bow in front of him or show any deference. So this Tamil Chacham said, what a chutzpidik woman. So she came to Rav Nachman, because she was upset that she had obviously upset this guy. So Rav Nachman said, did you hear him say anything about Shamta? So if that's the case, go and practice Nazifa for one day. You've upset him, so for one day, uh, sit and be somewhat isolated. But there's no formal need to it. He was studying in front of Yehuda and started reading the parasha. When he got to the, this passage, which is in Shmuel Bet Chath Gimel, these are David's final words. But these is Nevuah. So he said to Rabbi Yehuda, that must mean that there are earlier words. What are the earlier words of David in a Nevuah? By the way, the beginning of Parakal Kimmel was gorgeous. What's the early Nevuah? He didn't say anything. So he said the same thing again. And he said, if it's the David Achronim, so he asked again, what were the earlier words? Well, Rabbi Yehuda said, you're asking me this as if you're saying, anybody who doesn't understand this is not a Gavarabba. It's like, I should be expected to know this. So this Talmud again understood that, in this case, understood that Rabbi Yehuda was upset at him. So he practiced Nazifa again for one day. So we've seen now three stories about this woman, about Shmuel Marukva, about this woman in the Shuk, and about the Talmud in front of Rav Yehuda. All in Bavel, all of them, where they realized they had upset a scholar, that they practiced Nazifa for one day. Now, parenthetically, we're going to take a look at that passage in David and see what it means. So what's the answer to this? We know that these are Divrei David Achronim. What are the earlier words of David? The parak beforehand is a beautiful song of 51 psukim that David sings on the death, by the way, our haftarah for uh, the seventh day of Pesach, that David sings when he is, uh, and parenthetically for Ha'azinu when it's not Shabbat Shuvah, when it's in Yom Kippur and Sukkot, um, with David sings to thank God for saving him from Shaul and from everybody else. Now we're going to hear some Agadah about this Shira. Parenthetically, this Shira is paralleled in Tehillim, Tehillim Yodchet, um, and, um, and with every Pasuk, we talked about this in Tanit, every Pasuk having slight variations between the two texts. Amar lo Baruch Hu David. 
David, Shirata Omer Alapalatosha, Shaul, you're saying, thanking me and singing to me for Shaul's demise. If you were Shaul and he was David, I would have killed some Davids. In other words, there, but for the grace of me, in Hashem's case, go you. And that's why it says, Tehillim Zion is introduced by Shigayon the David, which means an error of David, about Kush ben Yemini. So who's Kush ben Yemini? The assumption is it's Shmua, Shaul, because he's ben Yemini. Take a look at the Rishonim, the Kamen, the Farshim there, and Tehillim Zion. There's a machlok at whether Kush is a separate person or is a reference to Shaul. Just like a Kush has a Kushi has different color skin. Shmuel had exemplary actions. Or you could say Mishnah Masav means strange actions, because after the Ruach Ra'ah hit him in Shmuel Aleph Tedzayin, he did some strange things. So we're going to have several other drashot. So just to clean this up before we go ahead, is what the the way that we're darshaning is that David, Perak Zion of Tilim was a makeup for what he said here that was wrong. Which, of course, is very strange, because if it was wrong, why was it included in Tanakh? But nonetheless, here we have Shigayon David al-Devei Chush Ben-Yamini. So now, where Miriam and Aaron speak inappropriately about Moshe, they speak about his Ushia Isha Kushit. Many Mefarshim understand that that refers to a separate woman, Nazi Pora, that he married in Kush, based on all sorts of Midrashim, but one of the other Midrashic directions says it's a reference to Tzipora, Vachi Kushit Shma, Velo Tzipora Shma, her name is Tzipora, and she's a Midianite, not a Kushit. Alama Kushit Mishunaba Oraf, Tzipora Mishunaba Maaseha. Here you have to say that Tzipora was exemplary in her behavior, just like a Kushit's skin is different. Ketseba Dabar Ta'omer, Hashma Eved Melech HaKushit. Alright, this is um, Pasuk uh, 18 on the page. Right, and this is uh, talking about the time when Yirmiyahu is in the pit, um, and uh, and the king was Evan Melech Hakushi, which shot in the pasuk is that there is an an Evan Melech, a, a servant of the king was a Kushi, but the way you read it is that the Melech is a Melech Hakushi. Was different in his behavior, and that, of course, leads to a big machloket. Does that mean that Sitkiel was a great tzaddik, as some of the midrashim indicate, or that Sitkiel really did some very bad things? All right, but in any way, he was different. At the beginning of the last chapter of Amos, Amos says essentially, Bnei Israel, you're not all that special. You're kivnei kushim atemli. Right? I took this nation from here. I took this nation from here. I took you from here. Don't think that you're so special. Right? But the drasha is that kimnei kushim, meaning you are kushim. V'chi kushim shman, v'lo Yisrael shman. Ha'kushim shoneh ba'orel, v'yisrael m'shunin ba'maseh mikol ha'omot. Am Yisrael behaves differently from everybody else, just like a kushi has different colored skin than everybody else. Good. Parenthetically, in case I didn't mention it, kushim means somebody from Namibia, or north, uh, sort of west, west Africa, which is the area called kush, and his skin is extremely black. Very famous drasha on the very famous pasuk, which is the beginning of that second song of David, the speech of David and the speech of the man who was raised up. But the drasha is not that he was raised up, but he raised up the 
the burden or the uh, the uh, the, um, the burden of tshuva, Amar, the the yoke of tshuva, uh, and that's of course through his uh, very meritorious tshuva that he did uh, after the story of Bacheva. Amar lo Yisrael lidi beratzu Yisrael Moshel badam tzadik Moshel yirat Elohim. What is my kamar? What is David saying here? Rabbi Yehovah Achigamar Amar lo Yisrael lidi beratzu Yisrael. God said to me, and God spoke to me. Ani Moshel badam. I rule man, me shall be, but who rules over me? A very strange idea. Sadiq. A Sadiq can actually control God, as it were. And we have to say, as it were. Shani gozer zeram vatla. I'll make a decree, and the Sadiq will intervene, and I'll cancel the decree. Good. This is, um, Pasuk number, uh, 20 on the page, which is from, um, later on in uh, in Parak Gimel, just before the last Parak of Shmuel Bet, Micah Amar, what is what's this list? These are not the heroes of David, which is Pshat, but rather these are the the heroic actions of David. Yoshev Vashavet, why is he called Yoshev Vashavet? When he would sit in the yeshiva and study, he would sit on the ground like a regular person, not not all um, royal. Who's mentioned that parak was the was David's teacher, and as long as he was alive, he would teach the rabbis while sitting on pillows. When he died, David was the one who taught the students. So he would sit on the ground. He wouldn't take his teacher's place. The students said, "Sit up on the pillows." Lo he didn't accept it. Good. So David was a Shev Bashevet. Tach Kimoni, why is he called Tach Kimoni? Of course, it's the name of a very famous, uh, uh, network of schools, uh, back in the early days of the Yeshuv. Tach Kimoni schools. Amarav Amarlo Kodesh Baruch Hu, Yovi Shpaltat Kamoni. Tach Kimoni, Tehei Kamoni. You have made yourself humble and low, you'll be like me. Shani Gozer Gzera, Vatla. And that takes us back to the earlier part of the drasha. I will make a decree. You'll be able to annul the decree. Rosh Hashalishim. Rosh Hashalishim really means the head of the generals. Te Rosh Tushloshetavot means you will be considered the head of the Shalishim, the Shloshetavot. Avmi Yitzhak and Yaakov. And then it says, Hu Adinoha Etzni. Now that's a person, a person's name. Shaya Yosheh Vosek Vatoraya Ma'aden Ketolat. When he would study Torah, he would treat himself very gently, like a tolat, like a worm. Right? If you if you want to translate that midrashically, it's the very gentle, tough wood. Right? So when he would go out to war, he'd be tough like wood. Eight hundred dead people in one shot in war. David would shoot an arrow and kill eight hundred people with the arrow. And he'd be upset that he hadn't killed a thousand. Why? Because the pasuk in Yehazim says. How could one person chase a thousand people? That's the bracha, that one Jewish soldier could chase down a thousand enemies. So why couldn't David get it? That's why the text tells us that the only thing in which David failed was his sin with Bathsheba and with Uriah, and that's why he only got four-fifths of the gvura that was promised. Good. Back to um, back to the issue of uh, Nizifah. So somehow this word 
makes its way back to Ravuna or to Rabbi Simloi. Talmid shenidali chvodo. Let's say a Talmud put somebody in Nidui because the person violated the honor of the Talmud. Niduyo Nidui. That is an effective Nidui. The Tanya, Menudela Rav, Menudela Talmud, Menudela Talmud, Menudela Rav. We already have this, that if somebody is Menudela to a Talmud, that doesn't affect the Rav. But it certainly does affect that Talmud and other Talmudim. And the Nidui applies to everybody else, just not his Rebbe. If this is referring to heavenly matters, like the guy is working on second day yonta for something else, there are no answers negat Hashem. If somebody's violating the honor of Hashem, he's in cherem. It doesn't matter who put him in cherem. It must be that the Talmud threw him in cherem in nidui because this guy violated the Talmud's honor. There's a general ruling here, which is that a Talmud chacham may 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 judge on his own case in something that he's absolutely clear about. You know, it's a halacha that he's very familiar with. He's able to rule in such a case, such as Nidui, saying, I know that that's a violation of honor, and I'm putting you in Nidui. We move to a slightly different topic, but the, it's a very sensitive issue uh, of how to deal with rabbis and rabbinic students, etc., who uh, themselves violate some of the norms, and uh, we are caught between Kavarat Torah and uh, proper treatment of these people, proper punishment. There was a fellow, a certain Talmud Chacham, who had uh, bad, bad rumors go out about him. All right, which uh, generally means something of a sexual nature. I'm Rav Yudas. Rav Yudas said, "Hey, what, what should we do? Lishamte, want to throw him in cherem He's a student that we all need for our learning, etc. Lo lishamte, not to throw him in cherem. Come mitchel shmada shmaya, chil Hashem. It's a chil Hashem. The rabbis are covering up for them their own. The Rabbi Barbarchana, Mid Yishmiel Achba. So they asked Rabbi Barbarchana. He said, "You know anything about that?" Amar leachi, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. My dictiv kisiftei choin shmudat b'tvag shmivil b'malach adonai tzvautu. The famous pasuk in Malachi that they should seek the Torah from the Kohen because he's like an angel of God. What's the limud? Im domeh harav l'malach Hashem yilakshu Torah mipiv. If the Rav is similar to a Malach, then ask Torah from him. Lav ayvakshu Torah mipiv. Meaning. You can't say that we need this fellow for his knowledge when his character is faulty. Because you're not going to seek knowledge from somebody whose character is faulty. Shamte Rav Yehuda. So Rav Yehuda took the advice and threw him in Cherem. Asof Ichlash Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda himself got sick. So the rabbis came to visit him. See how he was. That fellow who he threw into, into Nidui, he came also. So Rav Yehuda saw him and Rav Yehuda was lying there. Rav Yehuda smiled. Amarle, so this fellow said, Not enough you threw me in Cherem. You're laughing at me also? I said, I'm not laughing at you. When I go to that world, which evidently Rabbi Yudha felt he was close to, I'm very happy that even a guy like you, they're not going to flatter. In other words, if you do the right thing, you do the right thing. Just because of your stature, you're not going to get any um, any flattery or any beg in. And I'm happy um, also that uh, that they will know that I didn't flatter you. And they'll know that I didn't uh, give in. Nachnaf shayed Rav Yehuda. So indeed Rav Yehuda died. Atalavim Midrash, Shamarlohu, Sharuli. So this fellow, Kareem the Beit Midrash, said, Somebody be matter than Nidui. Amalar Abonin, Gavad, Achashik, Rav Yehuda, Leika, Hachan, Elishri, Lach. There's nobody with the statue of Rav Yehuda here who can be matter you. 
Go to the Nasi. Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya in Eretz Yisrael is the, is the Nasi. So he went to him. So Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya said to Rabbi Ami, who was an elder at the time, Go check this guy out, see what's going on. This is a fellow who came again from Bavel, who was a Talmud. Rabbi Yehuda in Pumbadita had thrown him in Cherem. Rabbi Yehuda died, so there was nobody who could be him. Nobody else was willing to. So he went to Israel to the Nasi, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, or Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's grandson, and Rabbi Ami, who was an elder, um, was there. And so Rabbi Yehuda Nasi said, please look into the case. If it's appropriate to be Matarim, we will. Rabbi Ami checked out the case. They thought they should uh, release the Nidui. So he stood up and said, we have a story about a housekeeper in Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's house who threw somebody in Nidu and for three years they didn't treat it lightly at all. Our friend in Babel, Yehuda, we should treat it lightly? He died throwing this guy in Nidu. It must have been good reason. Right? So Rabbi Zera turned around. Rabbi Zera, of course, had been in Bavel. And he said, what's this guy doing here? He, he doesn't come to the Beit Midrash very often. So they understood from Rabbi Zera's words that it's not appropriate to, uh, to matter him. So lo shorele, he didn't matter him. So the fellow walked out crying. Atazibura utrakte amte, utrake amte. So a a a a, a bee came and stung him uh, right where it counts. Ushachev, and the guy died. They try to bring in a catacomb of Hasidim. He was far away from home. Um, they try to take him into the cave of the Dayanim. The kiblu, they accepted him there. My time, to Avad Karabiloi, right? Because this fellow at least did the proper thing. He didn't do the great thing as a chassid, but he did what Rabbi Eloi advised. What was that? The Tan Rabbi Eloi Omer, that's Rabbi Yehuda's father, Rabbi Yehuda's father. If the fellow sees that his Yetzirah is getting the best of him, he should go far away where people don't know him. He should wear black clothes. That means, there yeah, we should go and let his Yitzhar have its way, but at least they'll do it far away and there won't be any Chil and nobody will know. And of course, the more Drushadik approach to this statement is, you should go far away and wear these clothes and hopefully by being, feeling in exile and feeling uh, humiliated, that'll stop him from doing this terrible thing, whatever it is. Now, that, so this guy at least had gone far away from uh, from his own place to ask for the hetter, and by doing that, so he gained some sort of a measure of kapara, and so therefore he was able to be accepted into this catacomb. Good. Now, what's the story of Shif Cheshubet Rebbe? Shif Cheshubet Rebbe Mahi, the Amta Devei Rebbe, Chazite Lo Gavr Devei Mochi Livno HaGadol. Rebbe's housekeeper, or Rebbe's one of the Shifchot in Rebbe's house, Shifchot in Rebbe's house, saw a guy hitting his older son. Amra lehave who gavra b'shamta. So that guy should be in nidui. The kavra b'shuvli fnei evil lo titen michol. Because after all, what's going to happen? His son's going to hit him back, and his son is going to be chayv misa for hitting his father and causing a wound. So by by striking your son, that is something that you're causing lifnei evil. And she threw the guy in cherem. So lifnei evil lo titen michol. But makel ivno agadol akatum medaber. A classic example of lifnei evil causing another person to stumble is when you hit your elder son. 
Good. So, and they, they didn't let this guy in an Edui for quite a while, even though it was only the Shifcha Bit Rebbe. Shlokish, I mean, Menater Pardesa. time where Shlokish was watching a Pardesa, an orchard, guarding it. Ato Gavra V'Ko'achiltani. A guy came and just started eating figs. Rama V'Kala. So, Shlokish yelled at him. The guy didn't listen. So they said, you're going to be a Nidui. The fellow turned around and said, no, you're a Nidui. He said, look, I might be a Gazlan, I might owe you money. But what did I do that deserves Nidui? I didn't abuse you, and I didn't uh, elude uh, or ignore a summons of the Beit So they both came to the Beit Nirash. Uh, the fellow came to the Midrash, Amrulei, Shalom Nidui, Rosh Lakish Nidui is valid, Shalcha Inu Nidui. Umayta Kante, so what do you do? Zilla Gabe Delishilach. You have to go to Rosh Lakish and, and ask him for Mechila to release it. So, Lo Yadanalei. So the fellow said, I don't know who that guy is. Amrulei, Zilla Gabe Nasiya Delishilach. Go to the Nasi and he can be matter. Tanya Nduva, Inu Yodem Inida, Yelechet Tal Nasi. Right? So So we have a bright that says, if somebody threw you a nidu, you don't know who the guy is, go to the Nasi and he will release you. So they have a Takana in Usha. I mentioned this at the very, very bottom of the page. Takana in Usha, this is the beginning of the second century. If you have the Abbetin that did something terrible, you don't do nidu. It's to really destroy the integrity of the Beitin. Stay at home. Don't come to the Beit Din. That's the best advice. If he does it again, then So you give him a second chance. The Navi will be tripped up with you at night. In other words, you don't publicly humiliate him, but you privately distance him immediately. So Rav Shlakish felt, you don't give him a second chance, you, you immediately put him in Nidui, but you do it quietly. If a student did something that deserved Nidui, first Marzutra would be Mashmit himself. Then he throw the other guy in Nidui. And then when they would go home, he would first be Matir himself, and then he Matir the other guy. So the guy had to go into Nidui, but he didn't want the guy to feel too bad about it, so he did it, he included himself. Atamin Chacham can be thrown somebody in Nidui on his own and release him on his own. So Papa says, I should get a schar because I never put anybody in Nidui. So what would you do if you had a Talmud who did something bad? Because in Eretz Yisrael, they'd be quicker to give somebody some sort of corporal punishment, right? But rather than to throw them into Nidui. Nidui is very severe. Nidui, the psychological scars and the social scars of Nidui are far more than the physical scars of, uh, of a whipping. Good. My Shamta. Now we have a little etymology. What does the word Shamta mean? Amarav Sham Mita. It's like a taste of death. Shwalamar Shmama Yihia. Shamta is like Shmama, desolation. The guy's desolate. Mahanya Bekitichya Betanura. Right, and it helps him, right? Like, um, like the oil that you put on top of um, of the uh, of the oven to seal it. You know, it sinks in, and the notion is that that experience never leaves you; it sinks in. Right? 
Ushmona Yevarim. Rashlaka says just like Cherem, which the Gematria is 248, goes into your 248 limbs, so it leaves your 248 limbs when it's released. There is nothing that remains afterwards. Good. Right? The city of Yericho was Cherem. Cherem Gematria Matam Rabbeim Ushmona Havu. 248. Take the same word Cherem and turn it around. You get Rachem. So, when God has compassion for you, all 248 are cleansed. Good. All right, so it says, we put, um, we put Cherem um, on the tail of a dog. All right. And let the cherem do what it's going to do. Just throw it there. There was a dog that used to eat the Rabbanon's shoes. They didn't know who he was. They just threw him a cherem. They put a candle on his tail. Right? And it burned him up. Right? So, it's a strange story. Alright, there was a particular... Um, um, tough guy, I'm a thug, who was bothering a particular Talmud. Until the of Yosef, Marley Zil Shamtes. Rabbi Yosef said to the Talmud, "Throw him in Cherem." Amarlei Mistafinu, I'm afraid of him. Amarlei Shkili Pticha Ale. Right, so he said, uh, "Write a Ktav Nidui. Don't just go up to him and say it. Write a Ktav Nidui." Koshkin Mistafinu, he said, "Then I'm really afraid of him." Amarlei Shkali Achate Bechada. Right? Take the, uh, take the Ktavani doing and just put it into a pot. Don't tell him about it. And put it in the, in this, in the cemetery. And then, have, uh, lots of Tkiot Shofar, a thousand Tkiot Shofar during the next 40 days. So it'll be really public. What happened? The, the jar bust open. And the guy died. This is some sort of a curse. My Shipuri, what, what, why do they call it? The shofar blasts Shipuri, Shenifra'inimenu. Right? Because that is the exacting of the punishment from him. My Tavra, why is it broken? I'm Rabbi Yitzchak Borei, Rabbi Yudah, Tavre Bate Rami. Right? Breaking the high houses, and that's the arrogance. Everywhere the Chacham looked with that kind of glance, right, it would either be bring poverty or death. In other words, that the point of Tavra that the, that the jar broke. Um, sorry, why do we blow shvarim? Shvarim. Why do we blow shvarim? Because wherever somebody has that kind of arrogance, Hakodesh Baruch Hu brings lowliness and humility by by taking their power away. Tov. Everyone should have a wonderful day. Stay out of Nidu and Cherem. And Amir Tzachem tomorrow we will pick up in our further analysis of the Mishnah of the Nazir and the Mitzorah, um shaving when they come out of uh, Tahara, and we will finish to the Mishnah on Yod Chet Amud Bet Amir Tzashem tomorrow.